Well, I am Malia Arnett Archie. I am the founder and CEO of Voicebox Podcast and Creator Studio and the Modern Creators Law Firm. Hey, it's Kellen, and today, oh, I'm in a whole nother studio, and it is beautiful, and it's beautiful to have options. You might think, I'm going to call her Dr. Malia, because she's a lawyer, and I always like to throw that to let y'all know <laughs> that, you know, the lawyers do have a doctorate degree. She looks like she might be one of the Braxton's, uh, you know, you know, relations, but she has this beautiful studio, so many rooms, so many things, and I have to thank Vinny. Yeah, Vinny from the Raw, Riviera Beach, for connecting us. But you and I share even more connection, too, because of the South Florida Black Chamber. We both serve on the board, and we thank everybody over there. But thank you for having me in your beautiful place and hosting. No, of course. It's my pleasure to have you here. Um, I was honored when you reached out to ask me if um, you know, I'd be open to an interview. Um, so thank you for joining us here at Voice Box, and I'm excited to be on the show. Well, let the people know. Let's start. We're not even going to start from the beginning. Let's start with voice box. Tell the people. This is like the commercial. I'm telling, like I said, I'm telling some people. I don't want to name drop to sound tacky. Yeah. I'm calling everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> tell, like, when did you set this up and why did you set this up? Yeah, so we just launched January 14th. So we're, we're pretty new. Um, but it's been a, a life work, a life's work, I, I should say, Um of, you know, being a creator myself and, you know, going through the struggle of trying to figure out, you know, what you need, like from the equipment to the technical support and knowing that you have a vision for something, but not necessarily knowing how to get it out. So we wanted to create space for people to be able just to show up with their ideas. And, you know, we would have taken care of all of the other stuff, like, you know, the making sure we have the best equipment, the best mics, the best lights, um, uh, the best technology so that you can create high quality content without the, the worry um, and fuss and burden of having to figure all that out. Okay. Why do you think we don't have more studios that are like this with podcasting blowing up, growing up? Like you're setting it up where, you know, you have everything that you need. You don't have to go down and ask CBS or NBC, can I please have a show or, you know, or even the community access? Like, well, you know, I know this has cost a lot of money to put together. Wasn't cheap. But it also on the mind and the brain and the yeah. time and the effort and you don't have a wrinkle yet. So, yeah. you know, what is it about, I'm going to say black folk, where, you know, you stepped out on faith. Why don't more of us do that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, one, I think entrepreneurship in our community, the numbers are increasing, um, especially post-pandemic. I think it, it pushed people to have to really take a look at, you know, what they could do creatively, especially in our community. And, you know, the times just sort of required that we, you know, make some decisions about, you know, what kind of life we want to live. And I think more people are taking um, the initiative to pursue, you know, the things that they want to do entrepreneurially. Um, I think the reason why, um, just in general, it's harder for black and brown people, people in our community to do it. It's just because we don't have many examples of it. Um, and when I say that, I mean close to home. It's one thing to see a famous person, you know, open a business, you know, someone 
in another community, even if they look like you, but it's a whole other thing when there's somebody from your community that you know that has sort of journeyed through maybe a journey similar to the one that you're going through and that they've actually done it and that you can representation matters in that respect. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more of us that are taking the risk and the more of us that are doing it, the more of us that are reaching back and taking the time to educate folks in the community, the more that we'll see people um, less afraid to take the chance. Okay. Because this can be the spot for all the... Everyone. I mean, even the crazy rappers here in Florida, you come get away from the craziness, you know, and, and just have a, a, a nice place to be able to do, you know, your, your journalism or tell your stories, yeah. whatnot. Is there a certain kind of uh, client that you want to have here? I mean, well, VoiceBox is open to everyone. I mean, really in, in that, you know, when you we want this to be um, become the hub of content creation in, in Broward. You know, this will be the first of many locations. You know, we're definitely looking forward to, um, you know, a bigger studio space within the next couple of years to really accommodate, you know, the creator's economy and the more people that we think are going to be coming in to really create content. But our ideal client is really someone who is a content creator, um, an influencer, or a small business that, you know, is really looking for the opportunity to grow their reach, expand their reach through digital media, whether that is creating social media content, a podcast, whether that's tiny desk music recording, you know, sort of, you know, whatever that might look like. It's that, you know, you don't want to bear the expense of, you know, going to a big studio, but you want something that, you know, has the, the right equipment, but also just the right environment to feel inspired to want to create. You have four rooms here. I'm going to say this is, this is big. This is big. And yeah. you have all the right equipment and it's, it's, it's homey. It's like, it's not stuffy. I mean, I know I caught you at a, you know, a, a custom time. <laughs> when you're killing, you get to have the custom time. You know, the airlines don't even fly my schedule. Like That's Carefolo right. Dollar. I got, you know, sometimes got to get fancy with it. But can you talk about, you know, the, the, what it took, the steps, because people will see and then they'll look at your, your background and they'll say, oh, well, of course you can do that when you got that Oklahoma law money and got all that oil money. Like, what was the first step of like, okay, we're going to budget it out? Or are we going to just start building? Yeah. How did you work that out? Well, first of all, like my journey to entrepreneurship was years. I mean, before I ever um, left my job, like, you know, my nine to five. And so I think, you know, just starting back there, you know, when I was still, you know, employed, still in corporate, you know, being clear about what I wanted to do. You mm -hmm. know, there were a lot of ideas. There were a lot of, you know, different opportunities. But um, just being patient enough to make sure that the business that I was opening, you know, after I decided to leave my job was really what I wanted to do, was really something I was going to enjoy doing. And I think writing the vision and really writing the business plan, you know, while I still was on a corporate job, I think that was helpful. A lot of people think, you know, just you get the idea and you, you make the leap, but I think there is a wisdom to it. You know, there's, you can stay too long for sure, mm -hmm. but not staying long enough to really maximize the benefit and the momentum that you might even have, say on a corporate job to, you know, take your time and really work without, you know, some of the pressures of entrepreneurship to start to sort of build the frame for what you want and then being calculated about how you do it, you know, from a timing perspective. Mm -hmm. There's a strategy behind it. And, you know, I certainly weighed it until I thought, 
you know, it was the best time for my family because, you know, we are full, we're a house, uh, you know, we're both full entrepreneurs. And so, you know, that's a decision that you have to come to together when you're married, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when the, both of you are going to be out, like killing what you eat and, you know, not having the tie into your traditional benefits and, and those comforts and that security. So um, it was a journey. It was understanding what I wanted to do, making sure it made sense for, for my family. And, and then, you know, walking that out because, you know, we are full, we're a house, uh, you know, we're both full entrepreneurs, and so, you know, that's a decision that you have to come to together when you're married, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when the, both of you are going to be out, like, killing what you eat and, you know, not having the tie into your traditional benefits and, and those comforts and that security. So um, it was a journey. It was understanding what I wanted to do, making sure it made sense for, for my family. And, and then, you know, walking that out to understand how it was going to make money. It's one thing to have a vision. It's another thing to, you know, be clear that you can make money doing it. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, you talk about your husband. Husband, I'm coming for the interview. We're going to talk about racing cars and everything else that you have going on. We can do it while racing cars, oh, if that gosh. makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm open. I'm agile. Yeah. Now, this space, and I'm thinking about, let's take it back to you're from Tennessee um, for that 14-year-old young lady says man i want to be like you my mom says i'm a good arguer i want to <laughs> i want to do law but then you know you have to go through the LSAT. then you have to go through law mm-hmm. school then you have to pass the bar if you want to practice yeah, yeah. and then you say okay i want to become you know this big entrepreneur and do fancy things but what would you say to that young lady who's in Tennessee in your position? I know you come from old money, but oh. you know <laughs> that Dave Ramsey, old, old, old money out there in Tennessee, right? Where, but yeah, give us the game on that. What would I say to? How does she make uh, it happen, and can she make it happen? You know, kids now want it now. Yeah. You know? No, I mean it's um, being really clear about what it is when you want it. What is it? When you say you want it, and I was just having a conversation with um, someone that I met um, for sort of a networking breakfast right before um, meeting with you today, and that was sort of one of the topics of the conversation is, you know, how when you're, you, you start out and you have one vision of what success looks like, and if you're not careful, you know, other things can start to cloud that vision of what success looks like, whether that's the check um, that's, you know, the, the need to compete for titles, whatever it is, you know, and then you look up, you know, five, 10 years into a career and you realize that you're fighting a fight that was never your fight, mm-hmm. right? You never got started so you can have the, the president title, the VP title. You never got started because, you know, money was the most important thing to you, but now that's what you're chasing. And so, you know, at that point there's some course correcting. So my advice would be, to be clear about, you know, what it is, what success looks like up front, and then revisiting that regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mean that, you know, there's not going to be variances in the past that we have to take. You know, we all have one vision of what the way we think things will go, and then, you know, things happen along that way, and you have to pivot, and you have to be agile, like you said. You have to you know, be willing to flex. But it's some things that should never change, and – one of them is the core of your why, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think 
There's the technical stuff we can talk about, but that would be my biggest piece of advice is stay so connected to the why, you know, what it is, what success looks like, what that is defined for you. And then I think that makes saying no to some things that you need to say no to a little bit easier because you realize why you're doing what you're doing. You don't get caught up into um, things that do throw us off balance and off center. Gotcha, because that money can do it. It can do it. That right check and have you tap dancing in New Orleans talking about, oh, you don't know what I'm getting paid. But that's not if that's not part of the purpose. This place, I think, and I'm putting it out there, uh, Talented Teen Club, um, some a, a nonprofit my kids uh, go to, and even Men to Boys that's here in Broward County has to come check this out. Their okay. kids have to come yeah. check this out, see what this is, because the kids have all the ideas. They know all this technology. You know, I don't know what school is going to be while you have Chat yeah. GPT yeah. Uh, writing yeah. your papers uh, for you. I was thinking about getting four other um, degrees. Yeah, <laughs> real quick. Well, yeah, while it's open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because, but, you know, this is like um, such a spot. But when I think about nonprofits and people helping the youth and coming here, and I don't mean, you know, you can come do a field trip real quick, but I don't mean, you know, coming for free and doing a whole series. But have you looked at any of the uh, government contracting opportunities, you know, even back back after school opportunities? Are there there? Yeah. So we've just crossed over our one year and, you know, are going to pursue our certifications as um, a minority owned business and and really starting to to really get into the the government contracting space because I think there's some opportunity on both the studio side and potentially on the law firm side just to, um, to, to get more involved there for sure. But, um, we're, we're looking to learn how to do it and to get it done as soon as possible. Okay. I got some videos for you to tell you all about SBA yeah. score. And the one that so many people, you guys got to tap into your local PTAC. They're everywhere. Okay. Uh, but this is like, you know, for so many different reasons, this is perfect. Yeah, we have a nonprofit that's connected to the Voice Box and the law firm as well. It's called the Sistrunk Technology Hub. And um, it's named after the first black doctor here in Broward County. And really the goal is, again, to make Voice Box, the law firm, like this, a a creator's hub. Mm -hmm. And so the Sistrunk Technology uh, Hub, it really focuses on, you know, how we're educating our youth and young adults. And so we'll have our first summer program here um, in June. And we'll be teaching digital media, business law, entrepreneurship, and so would love to, to see if we can get you sort of on the, the list of speakers to come and talk to these kids. Uh, just tell me the day. If, if I'm in Florida, I'm okay. down because that's one of the purposes and something okay. I've done. I did. I dedicated. I worked in you know counseling and I uh, was a supervisor of a uh, step down site program. And I've done some government contracting. I, I, that stuff is where we need because yeah. I think about those are the kids that. When you talk to them, they won't kill you yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And, I, and I mean that, you yeah. know, because they're just, yeah. some of them are just on the borderline because they're bored. Yeah. Not even about any money. It's just boredom and something to do. And I don't know. And I'm frustrated. Yeah. Nipsey Hussle had a line. He said, you know, he knows he's a genius. He just has no platform to explain it. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, picture Kanye West trying to work at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be mad. Elon right. Musk trying to work at right. Walmart. You know, like I, I, I'm, I know I have more ideas right. and Walmart doesn't want to hear my ideas. Right. They just want me to, you know, yeah. check that ticket before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. It. Exactly. Now, 
what is a community give back that you're doing? You talk about the nonprofit, so I'm going to jump into my signature question now. What's a, the community give back that you're doing or that you want to do in the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, something that we're already doing is, um, when I always say this, I, I don't believe that you should try to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. So I know what I know. I'm mm-hmm. a lawyer. I'm a lawyer's lawyer. Um, and so, you know, even on the technical side, there's a lot to do to, you know, produce quality content. And so um, one of the things that we really um, built into our business model was to build more entrepreneurs so that we can work with folks um, on, on a contract basis and realizing that sometimes the best asset you have is connection. And so we staff all of our podcast sessions with um, small businesses that we've helped um, organize and um, entrepreneurs that we've helped get going um, on the audiovisual side, on the scripting side. And so these are folks that may have had a hobby, but they you know, hadn't formalized their business models, hadn't registered with the state. And so we are getting more minorities um, into entrepreneurship. And sometimes that's through a grant to help with the money to organize their business, as well as the legal services to be able to do that. And then um, creating a business model where we're able to flow business through to those folks through the studio. So mm. every time you book a session here and you book audio visual support, you're going to be working with one of those companies that we've helped organize that is run by a minority small owned business. Wow, that, beautiful, beautiful. How big is the team to make this dream all come true? Well, yeah, like I said, the team is pretty lean with respect to um, voice box and the law firm. There's me and I have a wonderful assistant named Charmaine who helps keep everything together, but then everything else is contracted. And so we work with Ultra Audio Pro, which is a small business that we um, helped the founder and formalize and organize so he could provide services. And then, you know, he really helps bring in all of the other technical supports and we get uh, technical support that we need and we're getting those businesses where they need to be. Um, but all of that is, again, contracted. So we're a pretty lean, small team in terms okay. of the core. Okay. And it, so it's more room to grow yep. and, and flow. And, and let me just put this on the record. She did all this setup herself, <laughs> you know, because uh, she didn't know how fancy I was going to be. And I said, do you, you know, what, what water do you have? Um, you know, okay. He wanted his Fiji, Fiji. But all I had was smart water. <laughs> no, I take this. I'll take, I, I, I take it, you know, but, um, but no, it, it's a beautiful thing because a lot of people want, like, they have big dreams, big goals, and they just are an island of one. We see it all the day with influencers, you know, YouTubers. They just, it's like they don't have even an editor. And I've seen influencers even pass away that you know and that you might have worked with, and you're like, man, things could have been so much bigger, and we don't even have any paperwork in place yep. to say what we can do with this content creator who, you know, is making this money. You are the creatives and the social media lawyer. Yeah. You know, that's what the IG says. So, you know, you guys check that out. But talk about why you coined yourself that and what are you seeing the mistakes that influencers <laughs> are making? Because I tell all my people, I don't have a JD. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I know some stuff I read, but we got to get you a lawyer because yeah. when you, you need that JD if you ever need to go into court. And that's I, right. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the number one thing is we're not recognizing that um, social media is um, sort of a play. It's, um, it's an area that you, you have to go in with the right amount of support, just like, you know, if you're a singer or you're a rapper, right? Mm-hmm. And 
you know, you understand that when they push that paper across the table, that, you know, those terms, they mean something with respect to how much money you're going to make and how much of, you know, your creation that the label owns. And some of that stuff is just, it makes more sense in areas that we're more familiar with, like TV and music. But we don't really think that way about social media. And But it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you're creating a product. You're creating content. Um, and you have to know what ownership you maintain of that versus what the platforms maintain, what they can do, what other brands can do and picking up your content and using what they can't do. Um, and I'll give you one example. Um, I had a young lady reach out to me um, through one of the apps. And she had went into a store that we all know, um, probably all shop at fairly regularly. And she'd done a video in the store. Mm-hmm. And she posted it on her social media. And the store saw it. Someone from the store saw it. They downloaded it. And they re-uploaded it as an ad for the store. Mm-hmm. They liked the content. Um, and so she reached out immediately. Before she even reached out to me, to the, the brand, it's like, hey, Great, saw you grab my video, um, but we don't have a, a brand deal. We don't have, you know, any sort of relationship. And, you know, so are you going to pay me to use it? And they essentially offered her a gift card of, you know, you know, $60, you know, $75 gift card. And so she was reaching out to me to say, is this okay? Like, you know, should I be pushing back? And I'm like, this is a problem. Yes, and we should absolutely push back. Long story short, you know, what really – could have and often does end with people just walking away, you know, just saying, you know, the brand's bigger than me. They have, you know, lawyers. I don't. Mm-hmm. I guess they can do it, you know, because you know we push back. She ended up with, you know, you know, well over ten thousand dollars for mm-hmm. a thirteen-second video that she made, not expecting to make anything. Yeah. But it was the malfeasance on behalf of this brand that you know thought that she was ignorant and didn't understand copyright law. Um, that they could just pick up our content and take it and use it. Fair use. <laughs> and fair use, and it absolutely wasn't. And, you know, with the right language, they understood that, you know, she was working with somebody that knew what they were talking about. Yeah. And so we were able to resolve that um, in a way that was very lucrative. Now, had they paid her for that right out, they would have given her a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But because of, you know, the way that they did it, they knew it was a willful violation of her copyright, and the offer of the gift card would help us prove that. And so they went right to the big bucks. Man, this is why you guys have to have representation. Because yeah. nobody respects in entertainment. No one respects the talent. You're not, I don't care who you are. You're not going to be known, and you're a brilliant business person, and you could do finance. But, and, and, but that's you got to yeah. have representation. And with that representation, you know, ho- hopefully you guys have somebody who can watch that and watch your money. Yeah. When, and I know it's early, you said congratulations on a year. When are you going to write the book on how you created this? <laughs> or the course or whatever, you know. Yeah, pitch, pitch. well, you know, we, we want to do a lot of teaching. Um, that's one of the things that we're, we'll, we're starting to do through Legalese on Me, which is um, the video podcast that we're relaunching um, here on May 1st. Um, and so, I mean, I think, you know, we'll start doing that education. I think in terms of the train the trainer you know, with respect to how we help other people do what we're doing, we still have a lot of things that we want to prove uh, in terms of, you know, what our success metrics. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, if we were to talk again this time next year, um, I'll have a better answer for you. But, you know, we're, we're new and we're, we're just, we're trying things on, seeing what, what fits, what doesn't fit. 
um, how we can continue to show up for our clients, um, make this space better for um, content creators. And so I, I don't I don't have an answer for you yet. Okay. And I ask, because this is, I call this an African business podcast because, you know, people always say, Kelly, are you here? You're not in Africa. You're not. I'm like, oh, I live here in Florida. <laughs> now, when I get to travel and, and, you know, go where I get to go, but, you know, there's such a, um, a, a, a need for podcasting even on the continent. You got 54 countries and soon counting because somebody's trying to break away from somewhere but you know we've seen like africa gets technology they get wi-fi progress happens and and things happen at such a cheaper cost people don't believe it so i just love to say okay you got a book coming okay let me give it to this person you guys read because we're seeing just it's like for me i'm really in africa this is my hologram yeah i (laughs) believe it listen i it's 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 gonna be so real soon Yes, yes, yes. Is there any um, international plans with, you know, the podcasting or any any particular push? I like to know we are in like, you know, everybody is here in South Florida. Yeah. So any any international plans? Any will we see you on the cruise tour going to the Bahamas? Will you, you know, Jamaicans, Haitians, Colombians, everybody been aquí? Yeah, well, listen, my passion is is you know, inspiring and motivating and educating. And so I think, you know, certainly um, on the speaker circuit, you're going to be seeing me, um, you know, doing a lot more um, um, paid speaking, um, really just traveling, trying to help, especially women, it's black women, really understand the, the power that we possess um, to really move the needle in the areas that we want to see change and, you know, just being really empowered to, to sort of take ownership of that instead of waiting for folks to open doors for us because it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, and so uh, definitely internationally, I think, uh, you know, when I was in corporate, I had a wonderful opportunity to meet women from Africa, from the continent of Africa, you know, even from Europe, spent a lot of time in the UK, um, you know, speaking to a lot of um, women of African descent, you know, that it's just amazing how, you know, whatever continent that we're on, we have such similarities in terms of the things that we face every day. Mm. And so, you know, being able to, um, to impact and to, to bring encouragement, inspiration to women um, in those countries, on those continents, is going to be a big part of what we do. For the young, inspiring lawyer, you know, as a kid, we would read Ebony Jet, and we hear, you know, Willie Gary has these gold, gold everywhere. Yes. And but you hear, okay, he sued Coca Cola. So you say, okay, well, he got that Coke money, and then you know, did what he had to do. But for most lawyers, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to just sue, you know, a big giant, and that costs a lot of money to do. Yeah. Do you, is there one thing that maybe set your life up to say, okay, now I'm I'm good, I'm golden? Where, you know, this opportunity is going, I'm unstoppable, I'm bulletproof. Oh, wow. I, you know, if, if that is a place, mm-hmm. I haven't reached there yet. Okay. So, um, I think, you know, that's kind of the journey that I'm on is, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty um, and I'm okay with that because I think that's what kind of keeps you hungry and moving forward. So, I certainly haven't reached you know, gotten to that place where I, I'm sitting back like, all right, so I'm good. Everything is lining up the way it's supposed to line up. And I feel super, 
you know, confident that, you know, I'm not having to go out here and kill something every, no, yeah, I'm still killing stuff. Okay. You know, I'm still going out here every day. It's still very much um, dealing with the uncertainty of what exactly might be laying around the corner, but I'm, I'm good. It's a good place to be in because um, I'm learning a lot. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, people like Kathy Hughes, when you hear her story, it's just like, yeah, we were sleeping on the floor in the studio. And then you saw what happened with the Johnsons, right? And it's like if you build something big enough, they come, but it's always a fight in the media yeah. space. But now we're going to Web3, yeah. and we're going to be in portals and AIs. We're going to be talking to AI like it's our brother, and maybe it is, <laughs> right? It might. The AI might be our brother for whatever reason, our grandmothers, yeah. and, and the thing that, like the, the possibilities are so endless. If you could just dream it all up. Yeah. Where do you see yourself? Are you a hologram floating around, you know, <laughs> dashing everybody with whatever cryptocurrency that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my future vision um, for digital media for, for us specifically is really to be in a world where we can all be present at one time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think some of the things that we thought were, were sort of dying out, even with Meta and, you know, what they're doing, even with things as simple as Oculus, I think that's, that's not going anywhere, and that and, and that's where we're going to be, where we can literally create these, um, you know, these virtual environments where we can all be like fully present and really touch people in a way that um, we can't today. Um, in terms of, you know, really feeling like we are having face to face, the value of face to face, in person touch, contact, but it be digital. And so, I think we should all be thinking about, you know, what does my digital self do. And how do I provide value in in a completely digitized environment? Mm -hmm. And whether that is, you know, how, how does podcasting change um, from now to, the, you know, this very sort of analog process where we record and we upload and we edit and to, you know, well, you know, are we going to get to a point where we're all sort of in, in sort of virtual spaces talking to one another and what's the difference and, you know, how can my business model still survive and pivot and be valuable in that space? What do you, what have you seen or if you've seen anything, I'm, you know, I'm part-time crazy. So sometimes yeah. the, the questions, can, if we're in, let's say our own metaverse, right? It could be roadblocks. I, I was shocked when my kids had tenants in yeah. roadblocks. <laughs> I said, how'd you guys do that? Well, we were delivering pizzas. Dave Ramsey said, you know, and I said, okay, I, I'm glad you're listening. But then how do you then sue someone in roadblocks in the future or whatever that world is? And do you even need a JD or can you be anybody like has law? Yeah. No, you make to... a good point. You know, I mean, there is um, law that's, you know, specialists in web three and you know i think you know property right mm -hmm. virtual property law mm -hmm. i mean things that we hadn't thought about so the law will always be behind where we are um in terms of technology and it will always lag behind so um i think the answer to that question is no the law hasn't caught up but you know there are folks um who see the opportunity and who are the pioneers that to like sort of go and set up shop and say, let's start teasing out what these legal issues will be around, you know, how we're exchanging money.
Are you tired of the violence, tired of the injustice, police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called America? Or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. Diversifiedgame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, AKA the motherland is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifygame.com.